You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, rugby fans. Welcome to episode 163 of the DNVR Rugby Podcast. My name is Colton Strickler. I'm your host, and I'm sick. I don't know if you can tell. Uh, I was kind of getting sick last week. I'm, I'm definitely sick now. So I uh, wanted to take a quick second, though, make a, a little short intro for this Thanksgiving episode of the podcast. Obviously, a lot to talk about with the USA failing to qualify for the Rugby World Cup with a draw with Portugal last Friday. Um, but I, I just can't do it right now. So I have some thoughts about all that next week or next week when I when I hopefully I'm feeling better and do the podcast. But I wanted to jump on here real quick, say thank you uh, as we get ready for Thanksgiving. Thank you to everybody that allows me to do this show. Um, thank you for the support of the people that listen and DNVR and the American Raptors and, and all that. Without them, without you guys, without the people that listen, I wouldn't be able to do this, um, and I'm very grateful. So I just wanted to say thank you for that. Uh, hopefully you have a happy and safe Thanksgiving, and I'll catch you back here next week when I'm feeling a little bit better. Uh, so enjoy a couple of these, a few of my favorite interviews from the year thus far, and we'll try to knock out a few more before we get to New Year's. So again, thank you to everybody for listening to the show. Thank you for the people that read, that, that follow on Twitter. Uh, thank you for the support I receive from everybody. Uh, we'll catch you all back here next Friday. Have a happy and safe Thanksgiving holiday. Music has always had a prominent role in sports and vice versa. The sound of a marching band fills the air at a college football game, and music plays throughout the arena as basketball teams work their way up and down the court. I think I've heard grinding by clips at every NBA game I've ever attended. Baseball has done a great job at cementing music into the game. My first memory of the Rockies is hearing Ozzy Osbourne's Crazy Train as Larry Walker was coming up to bat. And just about every team has had an original theme song at one point in time. Meet the Mets for the New York Mets is the one that immediately comes to mind. Teams adopt songs. Brass Bonanza was the song of the Hartford Whalers. Virginia Tech football has adopted Metallica's Enter Sandman. Music has left its mark on the game of rugby as well. If you find yourself on the bus or at the bar after a team plays a rugby match, you'll likely hear a few songs you've never heard before. But that's not what this podcast is about. Myself, like most rugby people, have an eye for any rugby reference that we see on TV or in a movie or in a video online, and an ear for it when we hear it in a song. So what I did is I used Genius.com, and I rounded up some of the best song lyrics I could find that mentioned the word rugby in it. I contemplated playing a snippet of every song I wanted to include in this podcast, but I thought that was a recipe to get me in trouble, so you're just going to have to deal with me saying the song lyric that I'm referencing there are obviously a ton of lyrics that I just can't say for various reasons, and if you think hard enough, I bet you can put two and two together, but I did my best to find a good amount of the ones that I could. I also tried to group these by category or theme. So the first one we'll talk about is clothing. There are a ton of references to the rugby style of shirt, rugby polos. I debated on whether or not to include this in here because it's not really about the sport. But the more I thought about it, I think it makes sense because it shines a light on the game of rugby. The shirt is called a rugby polo or a rugby because that's what rugby teams wore back in the day. So leading off the clothing theme category is 2 Chains song, No Lie. He says, 2 Chains on my rugby. Very fitting for a man named 2 Chains. 
the next lyrics from Kanye West, Diamonds from Sierra Leone remix. It says, you spend your whole life trying to get that ice on a polo rugby. It looks so nice. We've got in the click tight knit like it's the low rugby. That's in Huey by Earl Sweatshirt. The streets love me. White airs in a peach rugby. That's in Gotham City by ASAP Mob. Timberland's on. Polo rugby on my back. That's Soup Boys uh, by Heems. Waterproof penmanship padded on a rugby. That's Falconry by Action Bronson. Youngin's got the block sewed up like some rugby patches. That's Talk Too Big by Dave East. So those are the ones I highlighted in, in the rugby you know, clothing category. There's a billion more I could have done. If you look through on Genius, just type in rugby, you see how many references there actually are to the rugby polo, rugby shirt. Um, but I just picked out those ones because those are kind of some, some big names in, in the rap game. Um, and I think it's cool they're talking about rugby, even if it's in an indirect way. So that's the, the clothing category. Next category I kind of found, you know, as I went through and compiled this list was about kicking it. So I'm not really sure what this refers to. It could be to hanging out. But a lot of these lyrics are just about, like, kicking stuff. I don't know. I don't really know what that means. Uh, so the first one is I just be kicking shit like it was rugby. That's in We Don't Love Him by Hoodrich Pablo Wansi. What does that mean? What does that mean? What's he kicking? I don't know. Man, I grab it and kick it like rugby. That's 18 Hunna by Hetty One. Uh, I cannot kick it like rugby. That's flooded by the Migos. So I don't know if they're saying they can't hang out, uh, but they cannot kick it like rugby. So those are really three that I found just about kicking it. Uh, like I said, some of those make sense, some of those don't. Uh, so that, that was the kicking it category. Uh, the next one is, is in reference to the physicality and roughness of the sport of rugby. And this is probably the most popular one because I guess people recognize that rugby is rough. got to be tough to play. It's very physical. Um, and especially a lot of these rap lyrics, that's that's important, right? It's important to be tough. It's important to be physical. Uh, so there's a lot of those. So I'll, I'll go start with this first one. My lyrics, Dem, will rough up your lyrics like rugby. That's Bring Them All by Wiley. Next one, and my heart keeps getting tossed around like rugby. That's Heart Cold by Tusi. So sounds like someone's not treating Tusi very well and their heart's getting tossed around like uh, like rugby, maybe referring to passes or, or when you get tossed around in a tackle or a ruck or something. Next one, rough type, rough house in a roadhouse like rugby. Uh, this was a tough one for me to categorize because that doesn't make sense at all. That's Church Slash Liquor Store by Saba. I was going to include it in the in the miscellaneous category that I got coming up towards the end of this segment. Uh, but that one didn't really make sense to me at all. So wh whatever, I included it in the rough one. There's a lot of mentions of rough. Next one, other kids don't touch me, full contact rap, no rugby. That's Wake Up by Mac Miller. Sounds like he's saying that his raps hit you hard, like you're playing full contact rugby, so no flag rugby for Mac Miller. About to hit the game harder than some rugby. That's Swag by David Banner. So uh, he's hitting the rap game harder than, than some rugby. You get hit hard when you play rugby. Because I'm rough as rugby and fast. That's Ugly Duckling by Tech 9 Next one says, and scheming on kicking the head in like rugby. That's The Joker by Pace 1 and Mr. Green. Uh, so this was another tough one. Do I put this in the kicking category because it is talking about kicking? Uh, I ultimately put it in the physicality slash roughness. Uh, you know, as we all know, you can't kick anybody in the head in the game of rugby. That'll get your red card thrown out of the match. Uh, but but uh, it's not uncommon to maybe catch a, a stray foot up in your head, whether you're making a tackle or you're in a mall or something like that. So, uh, you know, put that in the physicality slash roughness category. This ain't no flag. It's rugby. That's T.O. by Lil Wayne. Funny enough, I omitted a few words out of that line, but funny enough, you know, we just had a few lines up. We have Mac Miller talking about full contact rap, no rugby, uh, the same flag, it's rugby. So another full contact reference, no no flag. Uh, so Lil Wayne obviously does not know about flag rugby or ripper rugby, um, but I wanted to put that one in there as well. Touch me, you think you tough, leave us toothless as rugby players. That's Learn Truth by R.A., the rugged man. Uh, there's a lot of rugby players that don't have teeth. You know, it's a rough game. You can lose teeth, catch a shoulder, a knee, or a foot, or something like that. Um, but but that's kind of an interesting look at how R.A., the rugged man, you know, views the game of rugby. I mix big with Husky Brusky. The quarterback, trust me. Rugby, rush me. That's Super Hyphy by Keek to Sneak. I thought this was an interesting one. I don't really know what a rugby rush is. Uh, maybe he's talking about, like, when the defensive line comes up in unison. Um, quarterback and obviously his football and rugby is, is two different sports. 
Um, but interestingly enough, I put that one in the physicality slash roughness as well. Since it is talking about getting rushed, I, I guess I could have put it in a couple of the other categories coming you know, down the pipe here. But that does it for the physicality slash roughness category. Um, I thought that was a, a good one. It shows you know how, how people view rugby. Uh, moving into the next one, we've got playing slash watching rugby. There's actually quite a few references of people just, you know, playing slash watching rugby. So we'll start off with some Taylor Swift. Uh, she says, you can find me in the pub. We are watching rugby with his school friends. That's in London Boy by Taylor Swift. So obviously you're in London. I'm sure, you know, this guy and his friends sound like they like rugby. They're going to a pub. They're going to watch a match. And she joined along. It can get ugly like I practice rugby. That's a thousand bars by Skippa de Flippa. Uh, that was an interesting one. He's practicing rugby and, and, and it's ugly. So is the practice ugly? Uh, I was confused about what that meant. Maybe they're learning the game so it doesn't look as pretty as it might when you get the skills mastered a little bit. Uh, so I thought that was an interesting one. Next one, I'm in the May back. Curtains lifted up. Watching rugby. That's Lakers versus Rockets by Westside Gun. So maybe Westside Gun's a closet rugby fan. Uh, he just likes to watch the game when he's in his car. Had to run through the pack like rugby. That's Dinner Time by T-Way. Uh, so it sounds like he's uh, – this was an interesting one too, and I, I guess I could have clicked in and, and seen what he's referencing. Is he running through a pack of people? Is he running through like a pack of smokes? Um, you know, obviously pack is a reference to a forward pack, but I don't think that's how he means it. Um, but it's a nice little double entendre there if that's what he does, some good wordplay, uh, run through the pack like rugby. Play with me like it's a game of rugby. That's an I made it by Rich Homie Kwan. I don't know what that means, but it sounds like, you know, maybe Rich Homie Kwan likes to play a game of rugby here and there. Next one is we play in Jumanji. I'm in Jamaica. Jid playing rugby. That's Barry from Simpson. Um, that's a J.I.D. line and the Dreamville song. Uh, J.I.D., you know, funny enough, was a good football player. I'm pretty sure he played like safety or corner or something, so I bet he would be a pretty good rugby player if he put his mind to it and, and gave it a try. My whole team chase you down like it's rugby. That's fed up uh, by NASCAR, Aloe. So your whole, his whole team's chasing him down. Like you have 15 players on the team maybe. He's got 15 friends, and they're chasing someone down that wronged them uh, like it's a game of rugby. Last one in this category is love how every time we play, she catch it like rugby. That's an I don't love her by Gucci Bane. So I thought that one fit in that category of playing slash watching rugby. Next one, we have uh, dirty. There's a couple references about, you know, rugby being dirty. I'm not sure if that means, you know, rugby, you get dirty while you play rugby or rugby's a dirty sport because it is so rough. Um, but this one says, I've been thugging, pouring muddy, my cup dirty like rugby. That's stunting by Skippa to Flippa. So that's the second Skippa to Flippa reference we've got. Maybe Skippa really loves rugby. That's that's cool to see. We've got to get him on the podcast talk about it. Uh, and the next one is dirty like rugby when we ride around the town. So uh, assuming that means riding dirty, but again, does that mean you get dirty when you play rugby? Rugby's a dirty game. That's a, uh, Lindo by Joey Fats. Next category is sex. So obviously with, with how rough rugby is, there's some references to, to rough sex. So the first one is she like it rough, and that's rugby. That's a lucky-ass bitch by Mac Miller. Again, that's the second Mac Miller reference we've got on the list. So maybe Mac Miller was a big rugby guy. He's from Pennsylvania, so uh, could be. And the next one was We Don't Mind When It's Rough Rugby. That's Crave by Hoodie Allen. Uh, so, again, two references to sex there. And then the last category I got is a miscellaneous one. So this is one I put in here that just doesn't really make a ton of sense, so that's why I could have put that Saba line in here. But the first one is I Was Puffing Weed Like It's Rugby League. That's in Wish You Well Part 2. It's a vibe by Chillin' It. I don't really know what that means. I don't see how that's a, any relation to rugby league at all. I mean, it just rhymed well, so that was the one I included in there. And then the last one is Parcel came like a rugby ball. Put it in a tee and boot it. I originally had one in this one in the kicking category. Uh, this is Bando Diaries remix by Dutchavelli. But again, that one doesn't really make a ton of sense to me either. Um, so a package comes for this guy. It looks like a rugby ball. So he's putting it in a tee and kicking it. I don't really get that. So I put that in the miscellaneous because it doesn't make a ton of sense. It makes sense in the rugby you know, sector of it, but um, just in terms of why you would boot a package doesn't make sense to me. So that's the lyrics I had for you guys. That's some of the, the, the music that, you know, came up when I searched in Genius I thought were the best. Um, there's obviously a lot more that I just couldn't include for other reasons. Um, some good lines, but just, you know, too vulgar. The song name was way too vulgar. Uh, so I recommend if, you, if you're interested, go check it out. I'm sure you have a rugby line that I missed. 
please let me know. Uh, and then the last thing I have, just is there a takeaway from this? I think there is. It's kind of funny. First of all, it's funny to see how people incorporate rugby into the songs because it is kind of outrageous. Um, but I think it also gives us an idea of how the you know the rest of the country and these entertainers, these musicians kind of view the sport of rugby. You know, based on these song lyrics, rugby's tough. And it, it makes sense why so many of these lyrics that pop up on Genius are from rap songs. That's because rappers want to portray themselves as tough, and, and that's what rugby players are. So it's a tough game. It's a rough game. Um, and I thought that it kind of gives you a good idea of just how people view rugby as a whole. Rugby is a badass sport. All right, now we welcome a very special guest onto the podcast. We have seven-time first-team All-Pro selection, seven-time Pro Bowler, uh, the only special teams player to win Pro Bowl MVP, Buffalo Bills legend and host of uh, One Bills Live, Steve Tasker. Steve, how's it going? It's going good. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, thank you so much for joining me. So, Steve, the reason I have you on, I don't – you know, I'm a Broncos fan, so I'm not, I'm not here to really talk about the Bills stuff. Um, I'm a, I brought you on because I was doing some research here. So when I reached out to you, I told you about this American Raptors thing where we're taking, you know, crossover athletes, elite, you know, guys that barely missed out on the NFL, and we're teaching them how to play rugby. So I've been trying to find examples of crossover athletes that exist in the world. And I found, I stumbled across you. I found that you were the MVP of the Big Ten Conference Rugby Tournament. You played rugby for one year in college at Northwestern. Is that correct? Yeah, that's right. Awesome. So um, I'm going to backtrack a little bit. I'm going to ask you the first question we ask every guest that comes on the show, then we'll talk about some rugby stuff. So, Steve, the first question I ask everybody is just can you tell us a little bit about where you're from? I grew up in western Kansas in rural Kansas. In fact, we grew up in Broncos country. Um, So um, grew up out there in a little small farming community and went to a community college to play football. And then after the community college, I transferred to Northwestern University. And Dennis Green, a great coach of the Minnesota Vikings and later on with the Arizona Cardinals, he was my high school – I mean, he was my college coach there at Northwestern. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then at, I was there at three years. I was there for three full seasons at Northwestern. I played two years at Dodge City and then redshirted one year at Northwestern. And then uh, after my last – my fifth year, senior year – I was going to try and stay in shape for the uh, for the NFL draft. And back then it was a little bit different. We didn't have pro days and that kind of thing. So I wanted to stay in shape. So to do that, a couple of guys said, why don't you come out and play rugby with us? Because we train and do some stuff and you keep your ball skills sharp and stuff. And I said, yeah. So I went out and played rugby uh, my the last semester of my fifth year, senior year in college. And uh um, it was, it was a lot of fun, a yeah. lot of fun. We went to big 10 tournament and, uh, we lost to the fighting Ally and I and, uh, in the final, uh, but yeah, I was MV. I was the most valuable back in the big 10 tournament that year. It was, a, and it was an absolute blast. And it's a memory I'll never forget. That's awesome. Did it take you a lot of convincing? Like when they, when they pitched you the idea where you're on board or did it take some, you know, feeling no, it out a little no. bit? I was, you know, the only interesting, the only thing was I was really kind of more worried about getting injured or whatever and, and losing my chance to get drafted or at least be looked at. And I actually never really thought I'd be drafted. I thought I'd be, you know, a rookie free agent. Yeah. Uh, but um, no, I, I thought it'd be fun. And uh, it turned out to be exactly that. Yeah. I, a, uh, I had some regular concern. skills as a, yeah, I was a kick returner in college, in college football. And, uh, you know, obviously that really translates well to, to rugby. Yeah. Uh, what position did you play? I was a fullback. Yeah, that's what I would have guessed if I had to pick one. Um, and, I, and I figured, too, like, and I guess I can ask a little bit later in the, in the conversation. So um, did you know anything about it before you played, though? Like when, when I knew had, absolutely nothing. nothing. I knew nothing about <laughs> rugby, nothing. Uh, I had a real patient coach and some guys who had obviously had a lot more experience than I did. Uh, uh, you know, they were real patient with me, taught me and stuff. And I remember, too, uh, you know, we – you know, we were down even in the Big Ten tournament. I mean, I don't. I only really played. I only played like probably seven full matches in my whole career there wow. at Northwestern. And uh, we're in the Big Ten tournament. I think we're playing. Uh, I think we're playing Purdue or something in one of the quarterfinals, and and they get a free kick, and it's right down on our right near our our line. You know, right they're almost to score. Mm-hmm. They got a free kick. And I, I was asking questions. Right, I go, listen. So as soon as he touches the ball with his foot, I because they were gonna, you know, just do a foot touch and yeah, yeah, you know, quick take tap. it off. Right. So I said, as soon as he touches it with his foot, I can go. And one of my teammates goes, yeah, yeah, you can, you know. I said, okay. So he did it, and you know, I, 
I exploded across the line and took him out. They ended up kicking the ball or fumbling the ball forward, knocking the ball forward into our end zone. Uh, and it was kind of a scrum. We ended up, they tossed it back to me. I was in our own end zone uh-huh. and I, and I kicked it out. I, you know, punted it out of there and, you know, everybody was on side. Well, they weren't on side then, yeah. but when I punted it, I took off running. I was by far the fastest guy on our team. <laughs> I outran everybody, put everybody on side, um, got the ball again at the other end, yeah. punted it again and ended up getting a try at the far <laughs> end. So, um, you know, it, so it was one of those kind of things. And I, that was, and so the, the point I was saying it is I had to ask if it was okay if I actually got across the line on a quick touch. Yeah. And he said, yeah, yeah, go. Yeah. So That's awesome. it ended up, it ended up being a, in a try for us. So it was the, good. There's a saying in rugby, Steve, that the, a kick is only as good as it's chase. And you're a yeah. guy that I would like to have chasing down some kicks. I'm sure you can. Yeah, it's funny because I, yeah, I mean, yeah, I ended up chasing kicks in the NFL for a long, long yeah. time. But uh, <laughs> that might have been the best kick ever because I'm the one who kicked it. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, do you? This is a question I like to ask some some people that have played some rugby. Steve is like, do you remember when um, rugby was fun? Like, do you remember like a specific moment where there being a training or maybe in a match, like you score a first try or something? Like, do you remember the moment that it clicked for you that that rugby was pretty fun? Yeah, I think it was our first match. I think it was against Northern Illinois. Um, we had practiced pop-ups, you know, where you punt it to yourself just over the top of a guy, right? And just and run it, or just a short kick, right? And yeah. uh, and I actually had a chance, and I and I and I got the ball. I ran through a gap, and there was a one guy there, and and it, the the fun part was that you know I did I got by the guy and scored. But the fun part of it was thinking back and said, man, oh man, I wish I would have popped up. You know what I mean? I wish I would have done that. Um, the ability to do things with the football, with the ball mm-hmm. were, you, know, you can be so much more creative. And I remember thinking too, that it was the mistakes that I made where I went back and thought about the guys, you know, they were coaching me up and giving me all these ideas. It was going back and thinking I could have done that there and that there and that there and getting better so fast because I had never played. So right. I improved by leaps and bounds. And I think that was the fun part for me was getting better so fast at football, you know, because it takes so many guys to play and it's, you know, it's just different strategies and all of that. It's hard to get opportunities to improve, you know, right. to do, to go through the same, the same situation again and again. In rugby, it happened a little bit more often because, you know, you touch the ball so much more often, possibly, mm-hmm. you know, and 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 it, it was just so fun for me to see myself improve so fast and by leaps and bounds that, you know, it'd been it, you'd played football for so long that the improvements were smaller yeah. in that. In rugby, they were leaps and bounds, and that was a lot of fun for me to get better so fast. Yeah, that's an interesting way to put it. I know talking to a lot of football guys now that have played, you know, football their entire life, and guys that have had stints in the NFL, um, nobody's really given that answer. So that's pretty interesting. Um, I guess too, I was going to ask: Was there a big adjustment to playing with no pads? Like, did that take you a little bit to get used to that? Yeah, a little bit. Um, and I did have some things to learn because the the you know in rugby. It's a it's a contact sport and the, and it's a little more brutal because it 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 stings more mm-hmm. um, because the you know the hits and stuff are you know you get scraped and you get whacked on your knees and your your joints and stuff. There's nothing protecting you and that's that's the one thing you got to get used to and the and the tackles at that it's, it's changed a little bit too. I mean the NFL is a little bit more like that now. It's more of a tackling league now than it was a collision sport. It used mm-hmm. to be a collision sport. Yeah, uh, when I was playing. Now it's more of a tackling league, a little bit more along the lines of rugby, mm-hmm. where you grab the guy and pull him down rather than than knock him off their feet. Uh, although both things happen, so yeah, I, it was a big adjustment for me, um, but uh, it was one that was a lot of fun to to make. Like I said, it was fun to to get better at it for sure. Uh, do you think it helped make you a little bit better of a football player? And the reason I ask is because like we have you know a lot of guys that come to this American Raptors program. Uh, they use it as just a way to stay in shape. You know, you're running around a lot. You're you're doing a lot of different stuff. You're being physical. You know, you're tackling regularly. Um, and, and actually, like coming here to to take part of this rugby program has has created some opportunities. There's a guy that came 
here last year, played scrum half for three or four months, got picked up by the, the LA Chargers and was returning kicks for the Chargers last year named Michael Bandy. Um, and then a couple other guys I know getting some USFL opportunities and they kind of attribute some of those opportunities because they've been here, you know, for a year <laughs> making tackles and being physical and, you know, not necessarily just practicing exercises. I think the fact that you have to be mentally nimble enough to play offense one moment, defense the next moment, uh, is one of the things that translates into NFL play. Yeah. Um, especially on special teams, because in, in the NFL, the only time you deliberately give the ball to your opponents on a special teams play, and that's what rugby is constantly. Yeah. Uh, change of possession, uh, contact at the end of the play, uh, and then switching, making the switch from you know, going after the ball to waiting for the ball to come to you. So it was, um, yeah, I think rugby is one big giant special teams play, and it really helped me in my mindset in the NFL. Yeah, and I can imagine that's what I was going to ask you about too, is just, you know, being the special teams ace that you were, like that is like the perfect rugby player, like high work rate, you, you're a utility man, you can do a little bit of everything. Uh, so I'm glad that we touched on that too. Steve, do you get asked about your rugby days very much? Do I what? Do you get asked about your rugby days very much? Do you get asked this uh, some, question? Once in a while, I yeah. think a lot of people find it very interesting that I, that I did that. Um, and, you know, a lot, I, you know, some of my football teammates, they talk about it. And they are, they are absolutely they, – they're like, you did what? Like, <laughs> because they – you know, it's the, because of the injury risk. You're right. Uh, for me um, – there's a lot of pain in rugby, but there's fewer injuries, if you know what I mean. Yeah, uh, I know exactly what it's you're a, it's talking a, about. It's a, it's a sport that hurts bad to play and play well. Uh, in football, uh, it doesn't sting so much uh, as though as maybe sometimes your body gets broken. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, I don't know if this, the subtle difference there is clear enough, but football's a dangerous sport. Rugby's just a sport that's painful. Yeah, I think that makes perfect sense is a brilliant way to put it. Because I do, I think I feel like that's been the case just in my personal experience and in seeing some of these other stuff. Because I think part of it too is you're not getting hit with, you know, hard plastic helmets and and stuff like right. that. And, and yeah, and there like, are no weapons out there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and rugby too, like you're saying, football is kind of making the transition to where it's a, a tackle getting more away from the collision, and that's kind of how, you know, rugby has been for a little bit. Is you're not necessarily trying to to blow somebody up. It's more like okay, I need to get this guy down so I can, you know, steal the ball. Right. Uh, and while you say, you know, there is still some big hits, but you're a little more, you know, hesitant to, to really lay into somebody because it's going to hurt you, too. Oh, right. Exactly. So, Steve, one of the last questions I want to ask you before I let you go, and, and I'm very much enjoying the conversation. So thank you so much again for jumping on with me. So, yeah. Steve, uh, a couple of weeks ago, I guess last December, I've been I was working on this piece for three or four months um, about the lateral. And so I'm taking a look at, you know, some of the work that the Seahawks have done with the Hawk tackle, which, you know, derived from rugby tackling and some of the rugby punts. And, and this thing's kind of spilled into maybe the next evol- evolution of football. Um, and that's like in terms of rugby offenses. So do you think that we'll ever see a day where, you know, rugby attacking concepts are implemented into a football offense? And by that, I mean, you kind of see it a little bit now, but once you get yeah. passed down the line of scrimmage, you're kind of running set plays where, you know, that you're passing it laterally or running switches or something like that. Yeah, here's the thing, and I, and I think it's really interesting because um, I've thought m- many times that at, I think the next thing you'll see is that there's always this desperation play at the end of the game where they lateral it and lateral it and lateral it, and mm-hmm. that to me is rugby. And you've, If you've got guys that are trained in rugby, uh, that desperation play could be – implemented and coached up um right now at the right now you would see it at the end of games or at the end of a half where they're going to try and get us they've got to get a score the game is going to end and you see guys trying to just keep the ball alive Uh, of course in football it's one of those sports where the ball can be dead you know it's dead every 15 seconds you know because a play runs and stops and they stop start again the object is at the end of the game you got to keep it going because the clock is going to run out i've always thought that that would be a spot where a rugby type formation would really lend itself to being good um, at the end of a game. Uh-huh. Uh, meaning, um, you know, if, if I was an NFL team, I would take 
I would take all the offensive linemen off the field yeah. and put athletes on the field. That's an interesting. Line them, yeah. line them up as a center guard tackles, but they're all athletes because you're not going to throw the ball. You're not going to block for a running game anyway. Exactly. You need guys that can handle the ball and run. So, you know, I put all those guys out there and get the ball into a spot and start lining up like a rugby field. Um, the problem is an NFL field, there's not much room when you get guys that are 6'5", 300 out there, or even 6'2", 190, guys that can really run. You run mm-hmm. out of room really fast. Yeah. But the concept is there, and I think a rugby, a rugby line, a lateral line, is exactly what the NFL will see, I think, soon. That's super interesting because like, I know you saw – I mean, just watching some of the playoff games last year, you could kind of see it. And this, I'll send you this article if you want to check it out. I put a bunch of different clips from – you know, the Cowboys, I think in that first playoff game that they ended up losing, they ran two kind of like switches where they would run a drag with a receiver and then another receiver would drag across right underneath them and they would just kind of right. toss them ball a little misdirection. Chiefs did a little bit of this last year where they would take, you know, Kelsey would run a drag and then he would catch it and spin it out to somebody on the sideline. Um, but I like asking people that because, you know, everyone has a different idea. Like I for this piece, I talked to a bunch of different high school coaches down here in the Denver area talked to a college offensive coordinator, talked to a couple of guys that played in the, in the league that have, you know, have some experience with rugby and nobody gave out your idea, but that's a brilliant idea. And, and it was funny too, because I went into it kind of expecting people to say, Oh, that will never work. Or that's not that, but you can see the wheels turning in people's head. They'll be like, you know, I think like there's something to that. There's, there's situations in a game, like this is maybe not your, you're not opening a, a, your first drive of the game with it. But like you said, at the end of the half or the end of the game where, you know, you need to get some points. Maybe you're down a little bit running this play and seeing what happens. So Right, exactly. Yeah, just then, give yourself a chance. Yeah. And so I guess how much – I have two more questions off of that is, like, what level do you think we'll see it at first? Like, do you think it'll be a high school level or maybe, like, a low college? Um, and then the next question would be, like, how, how hard do you think that would be to implement? Like, how much time – if you spent 10 minutes a day practicing that, you know, a certain part of practice, like, is that something that's doable? Because I know there's practice limits and stuff. Certainly, yeah, that's – time is of the essence. But I think if you started at early – and you wouldn't use it every week or whatever, but I, I do think that if, the, if there's a head coach that would allow you to do it um, and the concept would – I think the concept is sound. Uh, but – you know, it would, it, yeah, it would take a commitment. Plus it would only come up, um, not eat, not more than two times a year, if that, mm-hmm. uh, and I think the other team would have to be prepared for it because they'd have some big, heavy bodies out there trying to chase guys around and that would put them at a disadvantage. Uh, right. Yeah. It's, it, it's, it's interesting. It's interesting. We got to get I Christian know, Wade. I think you'll see it. You'll see it. Yeah, Christian Wade. We got, we got to guess Christian guy, Wade. He, perfect, he's got to implement yeah, it for us. <laughs> yeah, it's perfectly it's perfectly suited for him. But you'd have to get guys uh, a coaching staff. I think it'll happen at the higher levels rather than the lower levels first. In this case, in yeah, this case, that makes sense. No, I, I you know, I think because you got guys idea. who have done. You've got guys who have done it. You yeah. know, and I think you know, I mean. We're, I think offensive linemen in the NFL, we're not talking, you know, have the hands of a Stephon Diggs or something, but they can catch like they're athletes. They can move like you were saying. Um, I think in, especially if you get the ball in their hands 10, 15 minutes a day, just kind of having like a little fun, you know, run around conditioning drill exactly. or something like could be could be possible. Yeah, uh, it could be. So, Steve, that's all the questions I had for you. I was going to say uh, thank you thank you again for, for jumping on. I really enjoyed the conversation. I re- actually reached out to the Bills at the beginning of January 2021, kind of pitched this idea. Uh, the PR people didn't help me out too much, so I'm glad that you tracked me down because I was going to have to call into your radio station. I was, I was getting all that worked out. <laughs> okay. Well, call in any time. No worries. Okay. Thank you so much, right, Steve. Man. Thanks, Colton. Talk to you. Bye-bye. Have you ever played rugby? All right. Pleased to be joined on the show today by American Raptors fullback Steve Cluley. Steve, how's it going, man? It's going good. I'm enjoying the off day, uh, just getting some recovery, and uh, glad to be here today. Perfect. Thank you so much for joining me, man. I know I feel bad asking you guys to do stuff on Wednesday, but sometimes it's the only time I can get you, so I do appreciate you coming in on the day off. Uh, but Steve, the first question we ask everybody that comes on the show is just can you tell us a little bit about where you're from? Yeah, so uh, I am born and raised in New Jersey, Monmouth County, so Manasquan, New Jersey, um, spent my whole childhood there. And then, uh, after that, I kind of obviously went to college and ever since I went to college, I kind of been bouncing around all over the, 
the world and the country, honestly. Yeah, I'm interested to hear about that. So uh, before we get there, though, I know you come from a football background, but what other sports did you play growing up? Uh, growing up, I kind of my parents kind of dabbled in a little bit of everything, especially when I was young, soccer, baseball. We're a big baseball family growing up. Um, baseball kind of transitioned out early high school. Football kind of took over and mm -hmm. uh, went from there with the football thing. And then uh, it's not really a high school sport, but I was, we were big skiers, big skiing oh, yeah. family. So we were skiing at least once a month in high school and all that. So that I consider that a high school sport for myself. Nice. I know it's a high school sport in the mountains here, definitely. I, I, no, I, I went to the wrong, I chose the wrong state to grow up in. <laughs> yeah. Uh, have you, so you've skied here before? You, I, I have, sure yeah. I'm sure you have, right? Yeah, I was very fortunate skier. growing up. My parents, uh, we had this, I don't know if in Colorado you have the same thing. We had a week off in February. Mm -hmm. um, so my parents would always, we'd go to the Rockies or the Sierra Nevadas or somewhere nice, out here, man. but it was really cool to Where, experience Where's your that. favorite place to ski here? In Colorado? Might be biased because we got dumped on when we were there, but Breckenridge was pretty uh -huh. awesome. I love Breck. You have a favorite place to ski in the world? I think they're all unique. It's hard. Yeah. I, I, one that really does stand out to me was Big Sky, Montana. Mm -hmm. That was a very uh, eye-opening spot. Very, uh, yeah, not a lot up there. Right. It's wilderness. I've never been to Montana. That's what I was telling somebody the other day. I have like Montana and Alaska. That's like the last two states I have in the West. I need to get, and Montana's like right there. I need For to sure. Get, it's close. It's right I around know, the corner. Man. Yeah, <laughs> just shoot up the up the road there. So, um, moving back into to your football career a little bit, how did you wind up at William and Mary? Uh, so I ended up, uh, you know, the recruiting process in football. I'm not sure how it works in rugby, but it, it got pretty stressful there for a little bit. But mm -hmm. uh, basically, in short, it came down to I had a couple offers from a couple of CAA schools, and uh, at the end of the day, William and Mary just felt it felt right to me deep yeah. down. Like I kind of was listening to my gut. Um, aside from, you know, the academics and the football program and the tradition of that school had, um, it was a pretty easy sell for myself, to be honest with you. I know you just mentioned academics. I was reading up on you on the William and Mary page, you know, the bio, the, for I've sure. scoured a lot of those there. in my life. <laughs> well, one of the, the interesting thing I saw, it says that you served as the president of the math club in high school. What is, I feel like I've only heard like jokes about the math club. So what does a math club do? Like what, what goes on in the math club? And what are your responsibilities as president of the Jeez, math club? Jeez, that's a throwback right there. <laughs> I kind of even forgot I was in yeah. the president of the math club. But yeah, no, uh, in high school it was cool. We had a cool group of uh, guys and um, the teacher who ran it was awesome. And it was more like a social club. We would just get together, go to like elementary schools and, oh, cool. and play like math games with kids for like a field day type thing yeah. here and there. It was nothing crazy. Yeah. I'm not the smartest math guy okay, in the I was world. Ask, like, <laughs> do you love math? Are you just really good at math? I, I actually am very good at with numbers, but nice. uh, I, don't, I'm I not, wouldn't say I go sit in my room in my free time and work like, on math yeah, problems. Yeah, let's, let's make equations <laughs> yeah, Exactly. Here. No chance. What did you major in in college then? I was a kinesiology health sciences major. Okay. So uh, originally growing up, I come from uh, two parents who are in the medical field. Um, so I grew up around that. I love the human body, obviously sports with whether it be working out or the injury side of things, mm -hmm. unfortunately. Yeah. Um, just always sparked an interest in me. But um, unfortunately, never really went into the medical side of things, kind of yeah. dabbled in the training stuff. But uh, we'll see where life goes from here. But, you know, still got a lot left to go. Very nice. So I don't, you, you go to William & Mary, you're playing quarterback. How was your experience at William & Mary? Um, I wouldn't trade it for the world. It was uh, the greatest four or five years of my life. Um, I was very fortunate to end up playing for three of those uh, seasons. So I got to experience a lot of cool places. Um, obviously, the friendships I developed over there, uh, lifelong weddings, all that stuff. So, uh, yeah, playing football there was just very, very special place. Very, a lot of tradition, like I said, with like Mike Tomlin, the Steelers head coach, actually yeah. went to William Mary, Sean McDermott. Oh, so there was a the, the tradition and football culture down there is huge. Just cranking out head coaches and then yeah, NFL, I know, right? right? I know. <laughs> Got to maybe go down that path soon. Yeah, have you ever seen the? I think I don't know. I remember like somebody tracking down all the like football guys that came out of like Youngstown, Ohio. Like if you look at the notable residents of Youngstown, Youngstown, Ohio, just on Wikipedia, it's like football coach, football coach, football coach. Like all these people. That's kind of crazy. That Which is a weird stuff. I don't even know that. Stuff. <laughs> I'll have to look into that. Yeah, it's a it's a football coaching. That's another you know, carousel right yeah, there. In, they just push out football coaches there. It is so weird how that cool. works, isn't it? Yes. So this might be the the, the biggest open ended question. But what did you do after college? Because it sounds oh. like you've had a a busy life. So when did you graduate? 
Yeah, so I graduated in 2017. So okay. I was going to say, I'm a, I'm a little... Oh, sweet. Uh, I did too. Awesome. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, Fist so pump. <laughs> a little older uh, uh, of the guy on this team, um, which is cool. And uh, I think I bring a lot of experience in that in that regard, but doesn't matter. But after college, honestly, I kind of been all over the, the, uh, the country and the world here. Um, right after college, I graduated actually right after football season. So January, I moved out to San Diego in January. I did the NFL Pro Day training out with uh, Todd Durkin in California. Um, after that, went back for Pro Day, got invited to Giants rookie minicamp, did that. Uh, that was a sweet experience. That's a story mm-hmm. for another time. But uh, <laughs> that was awesome. Did really well. Was very proud of myself and my accomplishments there. Um, unfortunately, nothing stuck. Obviously, very hard to get a contract mm-hmm. in the NFL. Um, from there, I actually tried to join the military after that. Uh, I wanted One of my dream jobs was to be a fighter pilot. I actually okay. have my pilot's license right now. Oh, nice. So it's kind of a hobby I do on the side, if you want to call it a hobby. But I kind yeah. of want a, a passion, a job, a career I might want to pursue in the future. Um that didn't work out as well um, for reasons, I don't know, whatever. It was a pain in the butt. But yeah. uh, after that, ended up getting hit up on Facebook randomly while working for a behavioral health insurance company um, from this team in Frankfurt, Germany called the Frankfurt Universe. Um, at that point in my life, I kind of didn't know where to go. So I, was, I entertained the, the, the conversation. And you know what? The, the offer was pretty damn good. And the idea of living in <laughs> Europe for a couple of years would be awesome. So... Jumped over there, played in Europe for two seasons, um, came back, COVID hit. I, honestly, I was signed for a third season. COVID hit right when I was supposed to leave, so that got canceled. Now, again, I'm I'm faced with what do I do now? Right. Um, Would you have rather – were you happy that COVID kind of hit when you did – like so, you're you're here and not there. Or would you have preferred? To kind so of it's it's funny you say that because you never know where your life would have been yeah. if I had gone back that third season. My life, I know, would have been completely different um, mm-hmm. right now. But everything happens for a reason. I find myself here now, which is amazing. Um, yeah, this organization's been awesome. It's been a cool transition. I'm sure yeah. we'll get more into that. Yeah, definitely. So you so COVID happens, then what do you do? Does this uh, opportunity present itself then? Right. So COVID hit. I don't remember the exact time frame of things, but basically I got a job. I was tra- uh, a broker's assistant at a, what are we going to call it, energy commodities trading firm up by like New York City. So okay. we were tr- like wheeling and dealing, broker and stocks. <laughs> yeah. Um, content was sweet. But yeah, not for me. By noon, you know, my legs are bouncing. I'm tapping the desk like I yeah, need to yeah. go move. Do something. Yeah. Um, so it was cool. And then honestly, I was close with Sean from Pro Day. Sean Clark. Yeah, that's from, on my list. From Pro Day <laughs> training. Um, and then, you know, I was in a situation at that job where I was kind of like, you know, again, I, I don't see myself doing this long term. This is cool for now. But I reached out to Sean. I was like, hey, that rugby thing looks kind of cool. Like, what's the deal? Uh, my father actually played rugby, and oh, one of cool. my friends was a big-time rugby guy. So I had a little bit of background, but I wanted to hear about it. And then, uh, yeah, next thing you know, I'm talking to Pete, and now I find myself sitting in this chair right here. Very nice. And, and there, correct me if I'm wrong, is there not like uh, – you play like indoor football too somewhere yeah, so, in there, right? Yeah, exactly. yeah, I was in San Diego. I should or? have said that. So No, we, you're good. We, me and Pete started talking, but before um, – I actually ended up here. I ended up signing a contract and did an arena football season in San Diego uh-huh. just before I came out here, actually. How was that? It was an interesting experience. It was really yeah. fun. It was cool. Um, for me and my style, it, it wasn't – I wouldn't do it again for me personally in my mm-hmm. career. Um, it wasn't uh, something that – and, I, again, I had a blast. But it wasn't so much football. That's what I'm trying to say. Like, yeah. It is, like, obviously have eight men. That's what I was going to ask. Like, yeah. How different is the football? Because I, I know – you know, they have six-man, eight-man football yeah, way out sure. in the mountains or, like, way out in the country out here. And I've seen people talking about, like, like the, the, the head coach that I played football for in high school was a pretty good head coach, and he was without a job. And people like, oh, you should go coach six-man. He's like, I wouldn't even know what I'm doing. Like, how different is that? Yeah, so it, it was definitely an adjustment period. Um, and that's what I kind of mean. Like, And it's nothing to knock it. It yeah. just isn't for me. Like, again, right. different rules. You have a bunch of eight you have grown men in this, it's a hockey rink. Right. So it's very fast. And what made me, or what I hang my hat on in, as a quarterback was being good as a cerebral player. Like I was good at finding, you know, running an offense and and in the arena league, it was a little harder to do that. The space is so small Mm -hmm. that you can't really scheme stuff up the way that I'm used to. Right. So that's the only thing I would say, but, uh, 
from an overall standpoint, it was awesome. We got to live at the Olympic Training Center where oh, we nice. just played. Nice. Um, the people involved in, like, the head coach, D.C., the players. It was it was just a cool five-month experience. Very nice. I remember my dad used to always take me, like, the Colorado Crush were big here when I was a kid, and that was – they played at the Pepsi Center. Really? And it was a super cheap ticket, but, like, they were really good. They won the Arena Bowl, like, one of the years when I was in, yeah. like, seventh grade, and it was, like – 10 bucks to go so it's, it'd be a saturday and my dad be like you get you want to like call up some of your friends and we'll go watch the crush and it was awesome like they kicked the ball into the stands and you could keep it which 100%. you couldn't do at other stuff like i had a good time at all that no stuff. it's cool that's what i mean it's a very it's cool like i wish they would do somehow get fans more involved like right. that's what it's perfect for like yeah it, there's definitely a model that could work really well in that league i believe yeah and it was big because i mean i don't know if you've like noticed since you've been here but this is such a big like football city that John Elway like was part owner of one of the teams and it was right after at the crush and it was right after he stopped playing. So I don't know. That's, that's kind of what yeah, the arena league used on. to be big and it, that's right. what's unfortunate. Like as a as speaking from the football side of things, it's kind of unfortunate or I don't know what the word is, but it's really hard. If you don't make the NFL, like where do you go? Yeah. Right? Like at least there's every other sport has developmental teams or yeah. some type of tier system where you you're there, you're still right. playing. Whereas, you know, football, if you're not playing in the NFL, you you're not playing games, right? Which then, like, like that's same how you as get every, better. Right? Every sport, like to play yeah. rugby, I'm here now. They're like, hey, unfortunately, I'm gonna throw you in the fire and see how you right. do, right? <laughs> and that's kind of the whole, you know, how this idea for this program was birthed. And I was just having this conversation with somebody the other day. It's like, you're right. That's the only league. The NFL is the only league that doesn't have a developmental league. And that's why I hope that you know, just as a football fan, one of these spring things hit right like the xfl the i thought the aaf was on to something like when they rolled out it seemed it right yeah i agree with that and until like what's going to make them work i think is that they're going to have to prove that it's successful they're going to have to survive for five years the nfl invests all this money and then it's like you have farm teams right and how like how much better is that going to make football you know because it's no. then it's like the quality of plays better. These players are working. At, it's like high school, right? Like the freshman team runs the same plays as a varsity mm -hmm. team. So you're just in the same system. You can call guys up and they know what they're doing. You know, it's not all foreign. I think that's what eventually will happen, but somebody has to do it, right? Somebody well, no, 100%. And at the end of the day, it just needs to be the NFL putting a stamp of approval on a league right. and actually backing it. And you and it's like hard to blame them because why would they do it if they don't, you know, see that it works or if it's not, they don't believe in it, you know? So they... A, a league has to come along and prove themselves first, right? Exactly. And I think once they get a taste of how, like, the, the farm, just, like, in terms of the players and the grooming, once they – if it ever gets to a point where they can see how much it works, right? I think they'll be like, oh, yeah, wow. Big like, believer. Like, we should have done this a while ago because yeah, this we, makes a product so exactly. much better and it's more tickets to sell, like, uh -huh. all that stuff. So. I know it would never happen. We always joked as friends. We always said, like, it would be cool to have that developmental league and then, like, soccer or, like, yeah. I don't know if it's the same oh, in rugby with regulation, right? Yeah. Like, the <laughs> top team plays the worst team. And, like, uh, that would be something. And who knows, man? That might be what happens. Like, gosh, yeah. A little more, uh, a little more at stake, you know yes. what I'm saying? I'd be worried about the Broncos. Issue, <laughs> yeah, I don't get them right now. <laughs> Me either. Uh so I saw your Instagram post this morning. Uh, you were you were a quarterback in the All American oh. that show. Is that allowed? Are we allowed? To yeah, talk that's about funny. That? Yeah. <laughs> so I'm not. Yeah, we could talk about because I yeah. saw it, it aired. Um, okay, okay. But uh, yeah, so what's what episode is it then? Uh, honestly, I haven't even gone through yet. I okay. know I was just doing some extra stuff. I know I'm getting hit in some some scenes. Oh, nice. But, uh, but yeah, it was funny. I was like living in San Diego. Yeah. Um, I saw this. So some guys had told me like, hey, you should try to like do some extra work. Like not to like, you. <laughs> you kind of just fit the bill. No, yeah. And I actually saw an Instagram post for a casting call for the show, and I put my name in and went through a couple of processes. And next thing you know, I found myself on nice, set. Man. Yeah, it was a cool experience. I, again, I have no film industry. Like, <laughs> I have no idea what that yeah. world's like. So it was really weird to be out there and be like, oh, I, that guy's like a real actor, and there's cameras everywhere. And you it was paid cool. for that? You don't have to tell me how much. Yeah, just, I did. Okay, yeah, nice. Yeah. So it's not just a resume no, builder. It's exactly. not like they're just come on down no yeah it was cool that's cool yeah. so like what did the how long was like the shoot were you only there for a day what was that like yeah so that's what's wild like i was there for a total of two days okay um over like like it was one day and then three weeks later there was another day but basically like you're, i got there i think i was on set at like 6 a.m and mm. leave at like 7 p.m and you're just in football pads all day they're uh -huh. shooting and i never that's what i mean by the the film world's cool. Like I didn't realize that we're filming scenes for like this episode and then like, right. we take lunch break and then we're filming scenes for this episode and this episode. And they, yeah. they're very organized. They gotta, yeah, you gotta get it while you can. <laughs> exactly. 
Um, so how are you liking rugby so far? Because is this your first taste? I know you said yeah, your dad this, played. Yeah. So did you know anything about it before you got here? Really small amount. Um, again, my dad briefly mentioned it. Like he played, he was a medis- medical school he played. So it's mm-hmm. not, it wasn't professional rugby, but he knows the game. And then my best friend's dad, I don't know to what extent, was a high level USA oh, rugby nice. guy back in the day. Yeah. Um, then living in Europe, got a little, little taste. Yeah. But uh, that's, that's it. To be honest with you, and yeah. uh, it's been a it's been a pretty smooth transition. Though, I'm not gonna lie. That's um, good. Co- the coaching staff's done a great job. They do a great job. Um, not only like laying out like a plan of like, hey, if you want to be good, this is what you're gonna like. Mm-hmm. You're gonna have to commit to it, and that's what's I came here to do. Like, I'm not I'm not just didn't just come here to collect a paycheck and you know yeah. um, go play rugby. I'm gonna try to be the best that I can be, and not, awesome, not waste man. any time. You know. It's refreshing to hear, and that's one of the things, like, with everybody in the program that I've actually been very impressed with, because when this whole idea, like, launched, I kind of thought that, you know, like, the first group of people, like, back in November of 2020, I kind of thought that people would come in and be, like, halfway in, halfway out, you know, and that really hasn't been the case. Everyone's taking it very serious from the beginning. They're coming here to, and maybe it takes a little bit, which I think is fair. Like, it takes a minute to to get in here and realize this is actually fun and kind of like something you want to pursue but once that moment kind of hits for them everybody's been super professional about it and that's been really cool for me to see just from the outside looking in no for sure and that's it's been everyone's obviously different but I think from what I was saying earlier about my age and my experience and some playing for a lot of different teams over the years um it was really refreshing to get here it's very easy to buy in mm-hmm. from the top down mark pete all the way down through the coaching staff everyone involved with this organization is top-notch genuine people um you don't get that everywhere like yeah. that's what people don't understand like <laughs> everyone thinks oh, i want to play pro sports but like go to that lot like yeah. it's like a community each team like right. some communities aren't very good like it's just falling apart for mm-hmm. whatever reasons but this one right here very easy to buy into. It's interesting you say that, too, because when Tony Tupo was here, and Tony was probably the guy with the most NFL experience on the team. Like, he had, you know, had was on active roster for the Seahawks for a couple of years, played with the Falcons. I think he played for, like, five or six That's years awesome. for a couple different teams. And he said that this was – like, he liked being here because it felt like college again. Like, everyone's kind of living, you know, in the same area – Everyone's making like comparable money. Like you're all, you're just all kind of in it together. Like just trying to make it right. Yeah, for you sure. Kind of get that same vibe. Oh, a hundred percent. That it's cool. Like like you just said, we all live in that the yeah. I don't know what you want to call that area, yeah. but the apartment area over right there, across yeah. the street. So yeah, we we're seeing each other all day, every day. It makes it easy for us to get mm-hmm. extra work, watch film, go meet with coaches, hang out together. Um, and like you just said, when it at the end of the day, the teams I've been on that are best the best teams i've been on the teams i've won rings with mm-hmm. or championships with had the closest locker rooms uh-huh. there was no riffs everyone was close and you generally had that feeling each week when you go out like we're playing for each other like right. we're in this together that's awesome man uh, i know going back to something you said about playing in the, the arena league and how you like the cerebral aspect of playing quarterback do you get that in rugby? I would feel like that's got to be pretty similar, right? Yeah, so 100%. Like, obviously, the first couple of weeks I was here, I was spinning. Like, mm-hmm. you're still trying to grasp, like, the foundations of rugby. Like, what is like what is the goal here? <laughs> right. Like, that's how my brain works. Like, what is the what are we trying to accomplish with this play or these moves or just in general how this game works? And as it's come together, it's just been... It's been, it's been addicting, honestly. Mm. As I've started to figure that out, now I can watch film and I'm starting to like, oh, like I, that yeah. makes sense. Or now I know why we do that drill or this drill. And it's all just been cool for me personally, like in the last week or two, especially like it's just starting. To, I'm feeling comfortable out there. It's mm-hmm. not I'm not lost. I'm not, you know, I just know I need to at the end of the day do my job and yeah. make sure I'm not the liability <laughs> and I'll be all right. That's a good rule of thumb in life, I yes, think, just 100%. in general. <laughs> Uh, so I know you said you've been like kind of working your way. You're playing fullback primarily, but playing a little bit more 10. Is that something that you could see yourself doing? Is that kind of like – because I know um, Colby Lange was here last year. He played quarterback at Kentucky. And I was personally excited to see because that was like the first like real quarterback. And now you're here. You're the, the, I think you're the second like true – you played quarterback. Like that's what you do. Um, and a lot of people – 
have kind of thought just as this program takes off and just in general in rugby in the United States, like quarterbacks would make good tens and nines, right? Because it's kind of you're directing the flow of traffic. You're making all these decisions. You're running an offense. Is 100%. that is that something you're kind of looking forward to getting more into or, or how has that been going? Yeah. So, um, honestly, when I first got here, I didn't know what I was going to play. They threw me yeah. at, uh, the, the wing. We'll put it in the group of wing positions. Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, that's a, that's a good place to put a new yeah, athletic guy, yeah, right? So, yeah, Just get the ball. To exactly. Him and let him run. <laughs> so then, uh, you know, as the time went on, I found myself at fullback and, and 10, a little switch here and there, but, uh, yeah, they're very cerebral positions. It's like fullbacks more the defensive side, at least. Yeah. I know because it's a I'm lot new. of directing traffic exactly, from back sure there too. To like your defense is set, watching that you're watching the offense and trying mm -hmm. to set your defense, uh, make sure everyone's on the right page. But the ten positions more like I would say the quarterback. Yeah. I know. I forget who I was talking to, Coach Baum or one of the coaches, but they said like basically, it's in the rugby world. It's been said like. A they don't think a quarterback can switch to 10-15, yeah, right? People say that now, there's time. two things I'll say that. One, from the football side of things, I'm happy to be here because quarterbacks do have a little bit of a stigma. Not all of yeah. them, but right? It's like you guys are soft or you don't want to line yeah. up and hit, right? Yeah. I want to change that because I love contact. <laughs> yeah. I call me weird or whatever, but like I always said to people, why do, you, why do you never slide or whatnot? I'm like, at the end of the day, it's my opportunity to lay lay some yeah. wood. Like, I have to stand back be, there be all the game hammer, right? and throw, throw the <laughs> damn ball and get smoked. So now it's my opportunity. But uh, So that's the one stigma of quarterbacks who want to come and just, like, we're tough guys, too. Mm -hmm. Like, we can do that. But uh, it is, going back to the cerebral and the 10 to 15, like, it def you, there's definitely a trend. It's helping me that I played a position that required a lot of communication, mm -hmm. a lot of organizing people and like making sure we're running smoothly so I think that's really helping me in that position and and seeing the flow of things and like I said now that I'm understanding our plays and what we're trying to accomplish I can start to see the bigger pictures and keep working on trying to advance yeah. myself in those areas that's awesome and I know you said the transition was pretty easy and I'm glad you talked about the physicality but has it been kind of hard to like work in some of this tackling because when was the last time you like did tackling well, stuff? The only time I ever had to tackle someone was when I threw a pick. Yeah, a yeah. pick obviously, but uh, yes, honestly, never in my whole life. Wow. Um, never. Yeah, never had to tackle someone as wow. a, a job, quote unquote. But, yeah. Uh, it's been. That's what I was. I was actually talking to my brother last night. He played uh, corner at Delaware. Oh, cool. So we were. I was talking about tracking and defense yesterday, and I, and because he had mentioned he had watched our game and said something like, "Oh, you actually look decent open field tackling uh -huh. and." I said that was the biggest thing I was nervous about coming here. I was really wanted to work not so much the actual tackling, tackling, but tracking. Yeah, like tracking a like person. Angle I've never had to do that, that stuff. my whole life. Right. So I've been really trying to focus on that because I know how important that is. And me, yeah. like, I'm not not like agile, but I know there's some really agile yeah. people out there. So you got to be careful here and there. But uh -huh. it's coming along well. Nice man. Have you had a moment? I like to ask people this. I've played rugby for a little bit, and I know you're a few months in now. But like, do you remember a moment when it kind of clicked for you and you realized that this was fun? Because I know you said you're spinning, but there has to be a moment where it all kind of like clicks. Maybe it's the first time you play in a match. Maybe yeah. it's the first time you score or something like that. For a sure. lot of people have said it's the first time they've like successfully like poached a ball. They're yeah, like, that's this looks so hard, and I finally did it, and we got the ball back, and everyone's pumped up for yeah, me. Yeah, like, no, for sure. It's yeah. I think in my progression, it's been kind of funny. Like, I got thrown into the Water Dogs game yeah. like four days after I started playing rugby. <laughs> so that first four days, obviously, was the days I was really spinning. After playing a full game, though, yeah. you kind of like – now you start to see how, like, penalties are called mm -hmm. or, like, when a line-out is, when a scrum is. Like, you know, you get a feel yeah. for the game. So that was the step one. And then we went to Rugger Fest, and then I played a game in Park City mm -hmm. with the Water Dogs like two weeks after. That was kind of the game where I was like, all right, like I was out there, I played full 80, I didn't feel lost. And then moving forward, like I got to play, I was very fortunate to get some time in the US game. Oh, and nice. Even yeah. then, like it's always nice as an athlete, you like you're playing, yeah, they're the U23s, but still they're the they're US U23 yeah. prospects. Like, okay, I can hang with these guys. Like, okay, let's keep moving forward here. I mean, this is no disrespect to the Water Dogs at the competition you're playing on the Water Dogs, but to go from playing in a Water Dogs match to the USA U23s and what was that, like six two, weeks? two-week period. Oh, two-week, three, week, period. three yeah, weeks. Yeah. That, is, that is a big jump. Yes, it was. <laughs> it was It was quite fast. And, yeah. Uh, but that's what all goes back to, like, the coaching staff. Like, I know yeah. this is a little different off note, but, like, 
I trust these guys. Again, going back to how the comfort level I feel here, mm-hmm. I know they're not going to put any player in a position to to fail or or and if they didn't think you were ready, they're not going to throw you in a game. Right. So that is always a nice thing to have as well. So I have confidence in them. So knowing that they're going to put me in the game means. All right, they trust me, so I should trust myself. That's good. That's good to hear. That's a good way to look at it, too. I know you, you said you had a relationship with Sean Clark already. Um, I want to ask you a couple of questions about Sean and then just a few more just about yeah, – and then we'll sure. wrap good it up. So, stretch. Uh, uh, Sean, yes. Yeah, so are, have you been kind of surprised to see how well he's done in this so fast? Like he, he came in – um, and it's funny, like you said, that you're, you know, you're not just coming into – because the first conversation I ever had with Sean was – in January of 2021, so like he had just gotten here, we did the podcast. I wish I was still recording, but I stopped recording, and he goes, "Listen, man, this is cool and all. I'm just doing this till I get a football opportunity." Oh, really? Yeah, he told, and I brought, I told this to him. I think I'm okay to say this because I've I've been working on this project, and I asked him about it in June. He's like, "I remember that conversation vividly, but like that was before like I realized like how cool of a sport this was and." how much this has done for me and all this stuff. And, and then he told me um, that he, he did get an opportunity and he turned it down because he's like just really enjoying playing rugby and he really realizes like how impactful of a sport this has been in mm-hmm. his life. Um, so just kind of like from what you've known about Sean, like is, is he the same guy as he was before? Like yeah. has he always been this kind of like determined to be the best at everything he's doing? Yeah, Sean Sean's uh, an interesting story. Like I said, I met him a little later on. Like it's it's – a small, small world. He went to Monmouth University. That's what I was, well, he's a New Jersey guy too, right? Well, he's from New York, but oh, okay. He, I'm Sorry, from no, like? yeah. So I'm from <laughs> 20 minutes. I grew up 20 minutes from Monmouth University. Okay. So when I was doing the pro day training and I was back in New Jersey, uh-huh. it's hard to find receivers, obviously, yeah. that are the level you want. Right. And Monmouth University was right there, so I went to go throw with him. So I met Sean. Um, it's funny. We actually had this talk last night. He told me it took Pete. I think he told me it took Pete like eight months. That's what he like, told me. Peter told me that literally yesterday. Yeah, grilling him <laughs> like, come play rugby, come play yeah. rugby. How do I convince you to come play rugby? Um, but it's funny then, obviously, he said I came here. and I mean, I, I've been talking to him for years, so I know where he's been. But it was weird to train with him at Monmouth. And then, like, I don't know what time frame went by, but obviously we're busy. We're athletes. We're doing our own thing at this time. Next thing I know, I see on Instagram, like, world's tallest rugby winger in the yeah, world. Yeah. I'm like, what the, like when did this happen? Like, wait, you were playing. I was throwing with yeah. you a year ago, yeah. and you were with the Colts. I thought, like, yeah. now you're playing pro rugby. Like, how does that work? That's when I reached out to him, and it was just he. He talked to me. Basically, he said the kind of same thing. He's like, I know it's gonna be hard. Like, you know, you, you, you've, I'm a quarterback. I played football for yeah. 16 or 17 years. Like, you want to come play a different sport, and not only play a different sport, but play at a pro level. Like, the first thing you have is like, can I do this? Right. But it was cool. Sean. Sean. Uh, Sean talked me you know, motivated me. I saw his posts over the, like the course after that of all the rugby posts. He's a big limitless guy. He's that's yeah. what his thing is. I'm kind of bought into that. And it's true. That's how I live my life. Like, like even with the Netflix thing or anything I've ever yeah. done in my life. Like if I have a thought and like the opportunities there, take it. Why not? Yeah. Like you only have one, like, uh, one Todd Durkin, my trainer, he's, mm-hmm. he's all about live a life worth telling a story about. Like, I want to be able to tell my grandkids all the cool stuff, not yeah. just that, you know, I did this, I got a job, and here I am, like, right. just doing the same thing. And one of the things that that's interesting you say that, because one of the things just talking, I've had been fortunate enough to talk to all you guys, like, I, from the beginning of this program, right? Like, back in the MLR days, so I've been here with the transition, like, I've seen everything change, and I, I've been very inspired by the people that I've talked to, like you guys, that they don't say no to things, like... Because I can, I know how scary it would be to, like you said, you've never played rugby before. You're moving to a place. A lot of these people, you know, these players have never been here. They've never been to Denver. Like they're moving to a place they've literally never been before, doing something they've never done, and they're having a good time. Like they're just making the best of it. And so that's been inspiring to me. Just like say yes to things that come your way and like explore these opportunities because you're right. That's what it's about. You never know either. Like how many either jobs I've had in the past or opportunities have opened up from those random opportunities right. that I said yes from. And then yeah. I met somebody there and then next thing you know, you're on a different adventure. It's, right. it's, it's cool. Yeah. That's, that's been inspiring to me. So aside from Sean though, like who else has kind of been the biggest help to you on the team? 
Um, yeah, so it, it helped a lot coming here just off rip, like knowing Sean, but I also knew Lamar Ray. Okay. So yeah. Lamar Ray and me were roommates in San Diego for the wow. arena team. And then actually Devonte Lynch was also. So on did that you arena. know that they were here before? So me and I actually, I'm not taking credit for it, <laughs> but Lamar was me and Lamar were playing arena. And I kind of said one day, like we were going through our, you know, our own stuff and making life choices. And I said, you know what? I'm going to play rugby. Like, you look like you could be a pretty damn good rugby player. Let me talk. Like, would you be interested? Let me talk to Pete for you. And yeah. next thing you know, he talked to Pete. We, I set up a call, and now Lamar's here, too. So yeah. what I was getting at is nice. I came in knowing three people on this that team. That is super helpful. And I knew Pete pretty well. So yeah. comfort level there. Um, from when I Since I've been here, everyone's been awesome help. Um, my position group, though, like Dakota, um, Samu, Lene, mm -hmm. I know that people have been in and out with the USA stuff yeah. going on, but everyone that's been here, especially in my positions, has been nothing but but helpful to me. Um, I ask a lot of questions, yeah. and I can be annoying, but is is that uncommon? Because I feel like that's like something unique to rugby. I could be wrong back because I haven't played as high level as football as you, but it seems like people in football, just in general, are like way more protective of like their spot, their spot, their yeah. territory, right? I think it, it. I think it just goes back to the person, because mm. again, it even happens in football. Um, it, well, it happens in all sports. I've seen it in all sports. Yeah. Uh, there's just some people who aren't good. I think it's a leadership quality, because you have to be able to suck it up and and know, understand like, all right, I'm on this team. What's best for this team? Like, mm -hmm. even if that means you have to suck it up and say, I'm not better than him. Right. Like, he's the best option for us. So I think. Again, it all goes back to building this team and these guys on this team. The management does a great job of bringing good people in so yeah. that we don't have problems like right. that. Because those are the little problems that start to, to fray into bigger problems as seasons move on or, you know mm. what I mean? People, yeah. people start to butt heads. Yes. And that's not good. I wanted to ask you before you left because I didn't know you knew Devontae, but, but what's Devontae like? Because it was fun for me at Aspen. Because he turned a lot of heads out of it. He was running really hard. He scored a couple of tries, and people were like, who is that guy? And I'm like, oh, that guy's related to Marshawn Lynch. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> Can't you tell? He runs just like – like, They're he runs super hard. So what's Devontae like? Because he's – like, the, the interactions I've had with him seems like a great guy, like the nicest guy Oh, yeah. Guy no, he's the he's the man. Uh, yeah. Me and Devontae got very close in San Diego yeah. as well. Um, yeah, he uh, he's a very unique unique kid um, yeah. in a good way. Yeah. He does his own thing. He, he – uh, he always got your back. I yeah. promise you that. Yeah, he's just a good dude. I promise yeah. you. Like you, you had a talk with him already. Yeah, I've, I've yeah. had a couple chats with him. Yeah, I'm sure. I need I, to get him on the podcast. I was gonna say you have to because he's, right, he's definitely like a character for this kind of then. stuff. I will. I'll talk good. to him. Yeah, right, he lives perfect. next door to me, so I'll there tell you him. go. Yeah, see. Thank you, thank you, Steve. Another benefit of us <laughs> living all right there. That is nice. All right, Steve. I think that's all the questions I had for man. This was awesome. This was, yeah, I really no, I appreciate that for sure. Cool. I usually leave the last part. If there's anything you want to push, feel free. Um, but other than that, I'm good. So thank you so yeah, much for your time, not man. Not much, yeah. Appreciate Go Raptors, it. baby. Yeah.